Parrot Talk. Brought to you by Restoring the Faith Media. RestoringTheFaith.com War, war, it looks like we're going to war. Good morning. This is Parrot Talk here on the Crusade Channel Live. Talk radio the way it should be. It is the second day of the 11th month of the year of our Lord, 2023. We're in the time of year where we pray for the uh, souls of the dead. Uh, Today is the feast of all souls. Many masses will be said around the world uh, for the salvation of the the faithfully departed. We were told to pray for the dead, even in 2 Maccabees. This is one of the reasons why uh, Martin Luther removed 2 Maccabees from the uh, Protestant Bible. He cited some reasons, uh, as in, uh, well, we don't have it in the original, uh, both Greek and Hebrew, uh, which is not true. It's uh, categorically false. Nevertheless, Protestants hate uh, that book because it implies that uh, salvation wasn't just a past tense, one-time event. Amen, Jesus! No. You will, like uh, St. Paul says, work out your, uh, or was it St. Peter? Work out your salvation in fear and trembling. You got to work it out. Throughout our lives, up until the bitter end, and even after our soul departs from our body, those that we knew and loved can still beg God for mercy. Uh, This is Mike Parrott. I am the host of this illustrious program every single day, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Central Standard Time. You can email me at restoringthefaithmedia at gmail.com. Broadcasting from the heart of America, let's, let's get right into it. I am surprised at how obviously our leaders want to take us to war. War in the Middle East. War in Eastern Europe. War, possibly, in the Far East. They are uh, gambling not for a two-front war. They want a three-front war. I'm going to read you something, and I'm going to explain it to you why it's so important. This is a announcement made by... Major General McPhillips. He is the U.S. Marine Corps commander for United States Marine Forces Central Command. I'll explain what that means here in a second. Here's the quote. Quote, I hope this letter finds you in good health and high spirits. Regretfully and with a strong sense of duty, I write to inform you of a decision that I had to make regarding the Marine Corps 240." Eighth ball scheduled for 16 November 2023. Due to unforeseen operational commitments and the nature of our current mission, it is with great regret that we must cancel this year's event. Our primary responsibility as Marines is to ensure the security and defense of our nation. It is this commitment to duty that has necessitated the cancellation of what would undoubtedly have been an exceptional evening of camaraderie and tradition. I appreciate the immense effort that has gone into the planning and preparing for this year's ball, and I want to express my gratitude to all those who have dedicated their time and effort. 
While we must forego this opportunity this year, it is the a reminder of the sacrifices we make in service to our country. Please know that this decision was not made lightly, and the chief consideration was the need to uphold the highest standards of readiness and the completion of our operational responsibilities. Thank you for understanding. Semper Fidelis, C.A. McPhillips, Major General, U.S. Marine Corps Commander, U.S. Marine Forces Central Command. Now, what does all of this mean, and why? Why are we talking about it? Why are, are you talking about the you, you're canceling a ball? All right, what's the big deal? Well, there is a big deal. The commandant of the Marine Corps is lying in a hospital bed right now. General Eric Smith had a heart attack. General Eric Smith, <laughs> um, he's he's out of commission now. The the your United States Marine Corps does not have an assistant commandant right now. That that seat is currently vacant. So the commandant is in the hospital. There's no assistant commandant right now. And so there's some other three star running the Marine Corps. Who's not the assistant commandant? His name's Heckle. He's the deputy commandant for combat development and integration. He's the most senior officer within headquarters Marine Corps. And there you go. There's not currently a Senate confirmed assistant commandant in place. All right. Why isn't there a Senate confirmed commandant in place? Let's go to the United States Senate for a moment. The United States Senate has not yet confirmed certain top-level military officers, including the Assistant Commandant of the Marine Corps, because there is one Senate Republican holding it up. His name is Tuberville. He's in Alabama. Now, Tuberville, on Wednesday night, that would be last night, was uh, confronted by several Republican senators, including Dan Sullivan of Alaska, Joni Erse in Iowa, Todd Young in Indiana, Lindsey Graham, South Carolina, and each were imploring him to lift his hold for the sake of national security and proposing votes on individual officers whose promotions have been delayed. Here is some reporting on that um, confrontation, which I think is kind of interesting. Let's go back to the beginning of this. Here you go. ...that have been held up by one of their colleagues. You probably know this story. Senator Tommy Tuberville. He's been blocking promotions for months 
over his objections to the reproductive rights policy of the Department of Defense. I want to get to Julie Sirkin in Capitol Hill. Just to contact, this has been a huge issue, I think, for, for a lot of people in the Senate because this blockage, essentially, is preventing military officers from getting promotions. It's slowing the process down, et cetera. Now, there may finally be a move to speed things up. Where does this go? What's happening? Well, literally right now as we speak, Hallie, on the Senate floor, Senator Sullivan, who is a former Marine, he's a Republican from Alaska, he's taking to the Senate floor with some of his colleagues to try and move along unanimously a whole host of military promotions. 115 nominees, part of that 300-plus bucket that have been held up by Senator Tuberville since February for nine months. The thing is, though, despite Sullivan's strong feelings on this, earlier he used an expletive I can't necessarily repeat on television, it's not likely going anywhere because Senator Tuberville himself is planning to object to this unanimous consent request. You see it there on your screen from Sullivan, from Graham, from other senators like Joni Ernst, who also has a military background. These people, these senators, really feel so closely to this issue, especially in light of what happened to Eric Smith, the Marine Commandant who suffered that heart attack last week. Now, where does this go from here? The unanimous consent request, while a huge major step, this is happening from Republicans, is going to go down. That means they're still going to look at a potential rule change. Majority Leader Schumer just a couple minutes ago said he's looking to put that on the floor. That will require the support of around 10 Republicans. I'm told there might be some openness there, though, because of the frustration felt on all sides of the issue here. Julie Serkin, sounds like it's going to be a late night for you and your colleagues there on the Hill yet again. Thank you very much. Appreciate it. All right. So the United States Senate is um, is has been frozen um, primarily by Tommy Tuberville who is taking retribution against the Pentagon over the issue of abortion. And he is saying, look, okay, if you, Pentagon, have decided unilaterally on your own accord, if you have decided that you are going to reimburse service members for abortions, you're going to, if let, let's say you have a service member who's stationed in a, in a state in which Roe v. Wade was overturned, there is no legal abortion anymore. Well, that service member, that woman service member, female service member, what is a woman? I don't know. Can go and travel to another state, receive an abortion, and then your tax dollars, American tax dollars, TRICARE will pay for it. The, the Pentagon, under Lloyd Austin has decided that this is a funding priority. They have decided that American service members, women, are going to get abortions. It is more important that we kill innocent life in order to achieve readiness levels. Readiness. You heard that word earlier. I'm going to get back to that. So that we can fulfill our operational responsibilities. More important to snuff out innocent human life while simultaneously maintaining a high level of diversity in the armed services, including having as many women around as possible. So Tuberville in Alabama looks at all of this and he's like, wait a second. You guys don't get to just decide that you're going to snuff out innocent lives and make the taxpayers pay for it 
I, I'm not going to stand for that. The senior leadership of the DOD has made this decision, so guess what? There will be no new senior leadership of the DOD, and he has held up the promotions of like 300 people. I believe the United States Senate needs to confirm either two-star generals and above or maybe three-star generals and above. So here you have some one-stars or some colonels or whatever who are trying to get up to two or three or four stars. And those promotions and confirmations of various officers in various roles is being held up. Meanwhile, the Commandant of the Marine Corps, the top-ranking officer in the Marine Corps, the four-star general, Eric Smith, is lying in a hospital bed fighting for his life right now. The Marine Corps has no assistant commandant because of this measure taken by Tuberville of Alabama. And so some other three-star officer in headquarters Marine Corps is acting commandant right now. That's the backdrop. Oh, one other thing. Why I was laughing earlier, you're like, why was Mike laughing? There's nothing funny. Well, I just saw this headline from Politico. It just came out. It says, Tuberville military holds may have contributed to Marine Commandant's hospitalization. So Tuberville holding up uh, getting an assistant commandant or whatever, that's probably what caused the heart attack in Marine Corps Commandant Eric Smith. Okay, so there's the backdrop. You've got top-ranking Marines croaking, just dropping dead, and nobody left to backfill them because the Marine Corps, along with the rest of the DOD, has decided that abortion is more important than officer promotions and filling vacancies. First of all, I have to tell you, there are way more general officers, generals, there are so many more generals alive today in the United States than at any point in her history. You have generals who don't even have troops under their command. You have all these three and four star commands of places that don't even have troops. I'm not talking about the combatant commands. I'm going to explain to you what a combatant command is and why it's so significant that central command, where it is, it's, it's area of responsibility, it's AOR, uh, and why it is so Im- I- impressive and historic that a uh, Marine combatant commander in central command would cancel the Marine Corps birthday ball. First of all, the Marine Corps celebrates its birthday on 10 November 1775. That's the day in which the Marine Corps was founded. Uh, A battalion of Marines was founded to protect the ships of the newly uh, confected, or about to be, United States of America. And these warriors in the sea, of the sea, were designed primarily to be basically the security force of naval vessels. And they soon took on amphibious assignments, i.e. landing from ships, 
and the amphibious nature of the Marine Corps was something that really began to be heavily developed in the early part of the 20th century. Certain visionary officers who foresaw prolonged conflict in the Far East with a bunch of islands started uh, sounding the alarms in like 1910, 1915, 1920, 25, saying we need to learn how to land amphibious craft onto the shore. We need to go from ship to shore. And that became a major focus of study by the Marine Corps after World War One and leading up to World War Two. It was prophetic. You know, the island hopping campaign of the Pacific? That campaign receives far less attention from people, historians, and, uh, well, just popular culture than the large-scale landings, uh, let's say, in Normandy. Because, A, we have a European focus to our history, and the Marines weren't landing in Europe. They were landing in Asia. And B, the stunning uh, amphibious landing at Normandy is really like D-Day. It's worth studying. It's it's very, very interesting time in American history. Nevertheless, the Marine Corps is ostensibly, at least on paper, and they claim to be, the amphibious force in readiness. They can go from ship to shore. They operate in the world's laterals, which is a word that means there's water involved. And with like 70% of the world's population living near a coast, this is a pretty darn important thing. If you want to reach out and touch somebody, you land right on their shores, just like the Vikings did. When the Vikings landed, let's say, in Britain and started wiping out the Britons. The Saxons arrived. And the rest is history. So amphibious assault is something that the Marine Corps uh, excels at and is celebrated solemnly at a Marine Corps birthday ball on or around the 10th of November every single year. Now, there is pomp and circumstance around this. And it is uh, one of the only formal events that most Marines ever get to experience. You get to wear your dress blue uniform. Uh, There is a a certain dignity of the event, or at least for the first portion of it, before the uh, ghetto dancing happens. And then all of the junior enlisted wives kick off their shoes and it, and it turns into animalistic and barbaric uh, debauchery. By that point, the officers are expected to excuse themselves. You know, sort of like how the priest excuses himself from the, uh, from the, uh, the, the, the after party of a wedding. Uh, when the music turns on, the priest departs. You know, and, and, and dignified people as well. Anyway, nevertheless, this is the one of the traditions, one of the esprit de corps, one of the camaraderie events that happens 
once a year. There is a whole ball planning committee. There are various roles and responsibilities which must be must be upheld. There is the cutting of the cake. The oldest marine present and the youngest marine present both cut the cake together. Um, there is a message from the commandant. There usually is a guest of honor. Many times you will hear you will hear the uh, sage words from a medal of honor recipient. We don't say a medal of honor winner because you don't win the medal of honor. You receive it. Medal of Honor recipients are often present telling their stories of heroism, war, and conquest for the American Empire. To cancel the Marine Corps ball is simply unheard of. It is part of the fabric of being a Marine. It is part of the DNA of the Marine Corps. It is, in fact, it's the one evening that most Marines look forward to all year. Yes, it's a lot of work to put it on, but it's also a connection to something greater than yourself. It really is. And anyone who's ever attended a Marine Corps birthday ball can attest to the fact that it is a, an evening to remember. It is supposed to be when warriors become gentlemen's, gentlemen. And... They seat themselves in a dignified way and celebrate the illustrious Marine Corps, which has won so many battles in years past on behalf of the nation which we call home. So let's go back to the cancellation of the Marine Corps ball for Marine Forces Central Command. Major General McPhillips is canceling the Marine Corps birthday ball, giving notice just days prior to the event. His notice is on October 31st. The event is supposed to be on November 16th. That's about two weeks' notice after probably six months of work has been put into the ball. And he says... That our primary responsibility as Marines is to ensure the security and defense of our nation. It is this commitment to duty that has necessitated the cancellation of what would undoubtedly have been an exceptional evening of camaraderie and tradition. Why? What is Central Command? Central Command is the Middle East. The way the uh, Department of Defense is structured is there are component commanders, i.e. there's the Marine Corps, there's the Army, there's the Space Force, Navy, whatever. And then there are combatant commanders. And the combatant commanders are responsible for various regions. So if a war were to break out in the Middle East, the commandant of the Marine Corps would not wage war in the Middle East. He would train and equip Marines and then deploy them over to Central Command, where they would then be commanded by the combatant commander. So in other words, the combatant commanders are the wartime battlefield commanders. C.A. McPhillips 
is the U.S. Marine Corps Commander for U.S. Marine Forces Central Command. He is in charge of Marines in the Central Command area of responsibility, which includes Iran. It includes Gaza. It includes Syria, Libya, Iraq, Afghanistan. Is the Marine Corps signaling that they are more interested in preparing for war has the has the alarm actually been given is there a secret memo or order that says get ready for actual war drop what you're doing put down the shrimp fork take off your dress blues and put on your fatigues because we are headed to war. There's no time to party. No time to celebrate the birthday of the United States Marine Corps. That's what it looks like to me. It's not that McPhillips cites some other reason. He doesn't say, you know what? Budgets are tight. We can't afford to spend half a million dollars on the Marine Corps ball this year, guys. I'm sorry. We're just not going to do it. We're financially constrained. Congress hasn't raised the debt ceiling. You know, whatever. That's not the reason cited. Um, He didn't say, you know, Marines really don't like doing this thing. Interest has waned. It's not, it's kind of a waste of time. It's, it's mandatory fun. It's a forced thing no one really wants to do it so we're just not going to do it this year he didn't say that either what did he say he said that it's this, it's national security guys we can't gather in a hotel ballroom and toast to our fallen and speak of our illustrious history like gentlemen we can't do that this year in our dress blues because the nation's security demands that we don't do it. That's what he's saying. The nation will be less secure if on the evening of November 16th, we have a meal together in our dress blues. So what is central command? What are Marine Forces Central going to be doing on the evening of November 16th instead, which is so directly related to national security? Will they all be getting their COVID vaccines in order to, quote, maintain and uphold the highest standards of readiness? Because that's, that's the definition of readiness. Readiness, according to these general officers, is defined as, are your teeth clean? Do you have your COVID vaccine and other vaccines? Your shots are up to date. Do you have a will or living testament? Do you have a family care plan? Do you have your gun, your boots, Have you run a physical fitness test? Have we measured your height and weight? Okay, you're ready to go, son. That's readiness. That is readiness boiled down. Are all the administrative and healthcare things done? 
Are you ready to go die for your country? Yes or no? Well, you can't die for your country if you don't have the COVID vaccine. You just can't. You're not allowed to die for this country without a COVID vaccine. You will either die of a heart attack, like triple vaccinated Commandant General Eric Smith in peacetime, or you will die with the COVID vaccine in your bloodstream on the field of battle. Those are your two options, Marine. And if you have a problem with that, if you don't want the COVID vaccine for various reasons, including the fact that human beings were killed, abortion was part of the research and the development of the COVID vaccine, let alone the fact that the vaccine is causing guys to croak, like General Eric Smith. That's why a lot, Politico comes out and says, the reason why Eric Smith is lying in a hospital bed right now, it's Tommy Tuberville's fault. Tommy Tuberville held up getting an assistant commandant and without a three-star to help out the four-star out, and the four-star just dies. It's Tuberville's fault for holding up. We need to have abortion, damn it. We need to have more abortion in the DOD. That's the Politico argument. That's the argument of, the, of, of uh, Lloyd Austin, Darth Vader himself. Unless Marines are ripping babies apart so that they can be ready. Readiness, readiness, readiness. Is, is, a, is a female Marine ready? Ready to go to combat if she's pregnant? No, of course not. So the Marine Corps doesn't want her to be pregnant, ever. Get her on birth control. If she gets knocked up, rip that baby apart. We'll pay for it. Just so that she's not on the medical hit list. You don't want to be on the medical hit list, ladies and gentlemen. The medical hit list goes around, and it comes around. It gets emailed to everybody. Oh, Sergeant Schmuckatelli hasn't had his flu shot. Well, he can't go to war. We got to get him this flu shot. You're behind on your flu shot? What were you thinking, Schmuckatelli? Don't you know we have readiness standards? We need to be ready to fight. Corporal Smith, you haven't been seen by a dentist? How can we possibly send you to your demise to fight for Israel? How can you fight for the Jews without a regular teeth cleaning? There may be plaque built up in your mouth right now. And that is of utmost concern. That hurts our readiness scores. And we have to have high levels of readiness scores. I'm guessing that in the mind of two-star General McPhillips, if he's not actively preparing to invade Iran on the night of November 16th, the night that he canceled the Marine Corps birthday ball, if he's not planning some kind of invasion of Iran, and it's probably not going to be an amphibious one, then in his mind, readiness really actually just means got to make sure everybody's up to date on their COVID vaccines because that affects national security. That's readiness. That's our operational commitments. You got to get your COVID vaccine, son, or you ain't a patriot. It's all just so telling. The high sacrament of the left is abortion. The high sacrament of the left. And they will fight tooth and nail for abortion. 
They want to rip children apart. It's satanic. Lloyd Austin wants babies murdered so that he can send young women to die for Israel. That's what this comes down to. Lloyd Austin wants to murder American babies so that he can send young women from our country to die for Israel. Do you understand what the stakes are now? That's what this all comes down to. The snuffing out of American lives in service to our greatest ally in the Middle East. And they will make every single argument and excuse to do that. Oh, the COVID vaccine was derived by aborted fetal cells? We love that vaccine. Get it. Make everybody get it or else you're not ready for combat. You can't go into combat if you might die from COVID. Our readiness levels are important. General Smith, oh, he died of a heart attack. He was a healthy young guy. He was in shape. He ran a pretty good physical fitness test. He was seen by doctors all the time. We don't know what happened. It could not have been the COVID vaccine for which so many Marines were ruthlessly hunted down and drummed out of the Marine Corps certainly wasn't the COVID shot that caused General Smith to croak, was it? No. Actually, if you ask Politico, the reason why Eric Smith had a heart attack was because Tommy Tuberville in Alabama opposes abortions in the DOD. And because Tommy Tuberville in Alabama is holding up military promotions in a time where we have more general officers than at any point in American history, somehow we won World War II with half the number of generals than we have in the Marine Corps right now. But because we don't have a general sitting next to General Smith, that's why he croaked of a heart attack, right? Until we can keep aborting American children out of existence so that we can send young ladies into combat to die for Israel. Until we can do that, the heart attacks will continue. Tommy Tuberville, do you understand the stakes now? That's what's happening at your DOD. That's what's happening on Capitol Hill right now. That's what's really happening behind the scenes. And nobody else is going to put that together for you. That's why you're here on Listening to Parrot Talk here on the Crusade Channel. Live talk radio the way it should be. Hey, Semper Fidelis. We'll be right back. Hey, I just met you. Heard you're a groomer. So here's your millstone. Good luck, loser. It's hard to look right when you're a pervert. So take your millstone. No kids will get hurt. Gotta get these fools into the bottom of the ocean. Down in the ocean. Alongside that Titan sub. Gotta get these guys down to the bottom of the ocean. Throw them in the ocean. With that Titanic sub. Welcome back to the show. Paratalk here on the Crusade Channel. This is Live Talk Radio the way it should be. I am your humble host, Mike Parrott. Every single day here, 10 a.m. Central Standard Time. Pleasure to be with you. 
You can email me at RestoringTheFaithMedia at gmail.com. And I would be pleased to try to respond. I don't respond to all of it. This portion of Parrot Talk brought to you by the Epoch Times. Subscribe today. Watch their new docufilm, No Farmers, No Food. Will You Eat the Bugs? Subscribe today through the Crusade Channel for $1 for your first month by going to crusadechannel.com forward slash Epoch, E-P-O-C-H. I don't even think that the Epoch Times is going to put together what I summarized for you in the last segment. I don't see it. You're getting top-level news analysis and commentary. Both breaking news and, 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 and historical lookbacks as well on this show, on this channel. And it is a pleasure to be with you every single day. Um, let's go to, gosh. Can we talk about Mike Johnson a little bit? I, I don't want to talk about him every day. I'm, that's not my intent. But Mike Johnson is a southern gentleman from Louisiana. The first Speaker of the House from that lovely, historic, and very Catholic state. Now, he's not a Catholic. And they're beating Johnson up over one thing right now. Now, I talked a little bit about the war in Gaza in the last segment. And, of course, America is engaged in that conflict in innumerable ways. And Mike Johnson is very much in support of that idea. Johnson wants us at war in the Mideast directly. probably wants to bomb Iran. Um, so he's definitely wrong on that issue. However, he, he, ha- he does do one quirky thing that now they're beating him up over. And I kind of think it's interesting. It says, okay, so vanity, the Vanity Fair. Everyone's trying to figure out who, who this guy is. You know, you, it's, not, it's unusual for a relative unknown to become, you know, third in line to the presidency. Second in line of, of succession, right? Third in line to the presidency. In other words, if fake Catholic Super Chief Joe Biden dies, and if Kamala uh, heals up Harris dies then Mike Johnson's our president, all right? So now it's a, people are like, well, who is this guy? And they give, you know, they give all kinds of descriptors to him before getting to the point of the article. Here are the descriptors. The man the GOP just elevated to one of the most powerful jobs in the federal government tried to help Donald Trump steal a second term is virulently anti-abortion, thinks America doesn't have a gun problem, very possibly does not believe in evolution, definitely doesn't believe in separation of church and state, has claimed homosexuality is sinful and destructive, and is married to someone who founded a company that equates being gay with bestiality and incest. So far, so good. Based alert? All right. I I probably could have beers with this guy. Just based on that description, I'm like, you know what? We got a lot of common ground. We do. We do. We We could hang. I could hang with Johnson. But here's the newest, here's the latest. And now, for something totally different. 
we've learned the new house speaker doesn't have any bank accounts listed on his financial disclosure forms. He has never reported having a savings or checking account in his name, his spouse's name, or in any of the names of his children. In his latest filing, which covers last year, he doesn't list a single asset either, which given that he made more than 200000 last year, in addition to his wife's salary, it's more than a little odd. He doesn't have a bank account? Mike Johnson doesn't have a bank account? Well, his stock just improved in my book. You already know where I stand amongst the banks. And banksters. In fact, this morning, right after, uh, right after this broadcast, I'll be headed over to Redacted Financial... Redacted Educational Institution. It's Redacted. And I will be teaching a course on finance and, and, and accounting in which I regularly refer to banks as banksters and loans as usury. I don't know if the students are, are, are catching on or not. That's not really the focus of the course. But I think it is incredibly interesting that Mike Johnson does not have a bank account. Doesn't have a bank account. You know, there's only one other guy I know personally. There's one guy I know who's like a high-functioning adult, okay? I'm not talking about like the people who live in the Ozark Mountains that don't have social security numbers and birth certificates and whatnot. We could probably say, you could make the argument that those that are also, break. sorry, that those are also high-functioning adults. You could probably make that argument and you know what, gentlemen on both sides of the issue could, uh, could agree and disagree. We could see various uh, points of view about that. But I would argue that the only guy I personally know who's like this, who doesn't, literally doesn't have a bank account, who's a high-functioning adult, is former Disney actor and Spielberg actor Bug Hall, who has become a radical traditional Catholic. Bug Hall does not have a bank account. He doesn't participate in the usury system. He doesn't do transactions. And that's how he lives his life and raises his family. They live off the land. They work it every day. They live seasonally. <laughs> and I never would have expected that trait of not having a bank account to be shared between Bug Hall and Mike Johnson, the Speaker of the House of Representatives. Let me just... I want to read you the grievance list from Vanity Fair. Again, full disclosure, I think Mike Johnson is a dangerous Zionist psychopath, okay? Can I be any more clear? He is a dangerous Zionist psychopath. But with that being said, <laughs> I can't help but revel in the description Vanity Fair gives him. Kind of makes me love this guy. The man the GOP just elevated to one of the most powerful jobs in the federal government tried to help Donald Trump steal a second term, is virulently anti-abortion, thinks America doesn't have a gun problem, 
very possibly does not believe in evolution, definitely doesn't believe in separation of church and state, has claimed homosexuality is sinful and destructive, and is married to someone who founded a company that equates being gay with bestiality and incest. And now, for something totally different, we've learned the new house speaker doesn't have a bank account. I think we're going to have to talk about this again. We've run out of time, but the fact that Mike Johnson has no bank account, that's an encouraging data point. And let's end the let's end the show on a high note today, all right? Mike Johnson doesn't have a bank account, and that makes me like him. Thank you for listening. Parrot Talk here on the Crusade Channel. Always on air, always online. So good to be with you. Happy Feast of All Souls, and I will see you tomorrow on Friday. God bless you. This is Parrot Talk. Brought to you by Restoring the Faith Media. RestoringTheFaith.com